lost, broken, defeated. This is who we once were until all that changed in a moment. We were made alive, given a new hope. We became more than conquerors, all because of Jesus. Hi, this is Pastor Adam Waters, your host of Authentic Grace's Origin Stories. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us this week as we hear another testimony of who we used to be, how Jesus intervened, and how he is changing us today. These are our origin stories. Well, we are here with David Rogala, a member of Grace Bible Church, and he has offered uh, so graciously to uh, give us his uh, testimony of Jesus Christ and what he's done in his life. And yes. so how are you doing this morning, David? Doing really well. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. It's, it is 11.35, 11.45-ish in the morning, and you're yeah. just getting off of work. Is that right? That's right. Still have the flour on my clothes, a little bit of icing on my pants, but that's all right. Flour and icing. So tell me what you do. Well, I work in a pie shop over in Oak Park, and we make uh, small batches of uh, from scratch pies and pastries and you know little confections, things like that. Um, it's a really good time. I've been there for just over a year, and it really is a blessing. I have a great time doing it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, David's been with us here for a couple of years now at GBC, and one of the, the blessings that he's been, uh, more than just who he is and his <laughs> as, as a person, but he's a baker, and so he has from time to time brought in the most scrumptious desserts I think I've ever eaten, and, and I, I'm grateful he doesn't do it every week, otherwise I'd be 500 <laughs> pounds, but uh, he certainly has been a blessing. Um, how long have you been coming to Grace now? So I started coming to Grace back in 2020, um, right at the beginning of the year, so as we all remember, that was kind of a mm. you know weird time. Yeah. Um, when we went virtual here at Grace, I actually started going somewhere else just because of my my schedule. Sure. At work being different, and I couldn't make the service. Um, but the next year in 2021, I was able to come back, and uh, I've been coming back steadily ever, ever since then. Yeah, and now you've been a member for about yeah. a year, so we're very excited Yeah, me too. Uh, for that as well. So uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about, about your upbringing, about your experience with the Christian faith, about your family life. Uh, help us to see who you are and where you're coming from as a person. Sure. So uh, my parents are from Poland, and so I'm Polish. And uh, in my house, we were Roman Catholic. Mm. Um, my mom uh, specifically was the one who was uh, doing her best to pass down these traditions and to give me and my two younger sisters uh, our religion training, you know, um, kind of just to explain, uh, quote unquote, how we should be living. Um, and so when I was very young, she, she was already uh, trying to teach me this, you know, taking me to church and um teaching me how to pray you know giving me those um those scripted prayers and teaching me how to do the rosary and all that um and so because i really wanted to you know please my mom mm -hmm. i wanted to not let her down i wanted to you know be a good son you know i, I didn't really question her um i definitely just followed followed along you know <clears throat> it wasn't really something that i understood you know i don't think i could really explain to anyone why you know i was doing like the church thing like the catholic thing um but i saw how seriously my mom took it and how devoted she was and so i just kind of uh took that on myself you know i just kind of mirrored 
her uh, to an extent, you know. Yeah, I think that's a really common experience for young people in the church. Uh, it usually is it until later on. I mean, even after high school in their 20s, sometimes later, that they actually turn and make the faith that they've been taught at home their own. And so how did that happen with you? What was the outcome of that upbringing for you into your 20s? Well, it wasn't it wasn't a, a very good outcome uh, because when I was about 13, I started to have these doubts about mm. it, you know, just going to public school and um, having friends who weren't Christians and uh, just, you know, how our culture here in the West is these days, kind of um, quick to scoff and be skeptical about things. Um, I sort of picked up on that skeptical attitude um, and you know, brought it home with me. And uh, I was asking my mom these questions about, uh, you know, religion and why do we do it this way? And how do you know? How can you be sure? You know, I was trying to really force her to give me like a dogmatic, you know, answer, like a black and white thing. Mm. Um, but she, was, she wasn't able to. And so, you know, what at first started as just some, you know, uncertainties, you know, it, it really began to go deeper you know, I really started to, you know, reconsider Catholicism for me, you know, because I didn't really connect with it personally. Um, and at that time, I was starting to think about my own desires, you know, as a 13-year-old, um, things that I wanted um, and things that I wanted to achieve. And so that felt more real to me. And it seemed like this stuff that didn't make any sense, this, this Catholicism, it seemed like it was just getting in my way. And so it wasn't long into my teens before I just decided to completely stop going to church and just forgot about God and any sort of spiritual stuff. Yeah, I can imagine that. I mean, any doubts that you might have had about whether or not what you were being taught, uh, if they were true or not, I mean, it's sort of confirmed by um, a gray answer when you're looking for something very black and white, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, so now you're in your high school years. You're starting to let go of the Catholic traditions that you've been taught in your family. You're starting to grow more and more skeptical and having some doubts about what you've been learned. And you're moving through high school and turning towards what seems to be a more cultural worldview. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it definitely was just a progressive thing. Um, you know, uh, chasing these like worldly things, having this worldly view you know, it's just more comfortable mm. for that kind of human nature, you know. And so what at first, I, when I might have been a little apprehensive about just letting go of these religious rules, you know, that I thought were so important, you know, at first I was a little anxious about it, maybe like, am I doing something wrong? You know, just kind of that guilt complex. But the longer I went with it, just the more comfortable I got with it and uh, the easier it was to just forget about it. Um, by the time I was 19, though, I uh, I had kind of reconsidered some things. I thought I would look back into the spiritual stuff, um, but I was still very skeptical and just not um, very positive about Christianity. So I looked at these mystical, you know, Far Eastern religions and, you know, pondered some uh, deity that was just very far off and impersonal and... Um, you know, nothing really stuck with me. I just really wasn't interested. So I just called myself an agnostic and called it a day. Um, and at that point, when I was 19, I was pretty far into just chasing my own uh, mm. desires. Was there anything that 
that prompted that that movement towards a more spiritual worldview again or or was there something that prompted that impulse that made you start looking again yeah so by the time i was 19 i had already had some problems with substance abuse and so i had gone to a uh, outpatient program here in illinois um and they were teaching us the 12 steps and one of those first ones is about a higher power and so you know, going to meetings and being aware of that, of those steps, just kind of had that, put that in my mind for me. And, um, you know, I just wanted to give, give an answer, right? Um, why do I reject it? Or maybe there is something that I would accept. So that kind of is what prompted me to look into it. Okay, so you're early 20s, 19 years old, you're starting to reinvestigate, but with some skepticism in that. And, and so what happened next? Well, like I said, it, it nothing really stuck with me with the uh, with the spiritual thing, and so I just continued with my substance abuse and um, and drinking, um, and just living in this kind of a sinful life, you know, in this pattern, um, and that went on for for a few years. You know, I moved out when I was nineteen. I I went out to California just uh, with a girl that I had met, um, just because her and I wanted to live out away from our family, kind of do our own thing, you know, and just uh, live for ourselves, Mm. you know. Um, After a while, gosh, yeah, maybe three or four years, after three or four years of living like that, I really began to feel um, just unhappy with with the way I was living. You know, um, it seemed like I had succeeded. You know, if I had shown my 17-year-old self the way I was living at 22, you know, I'm sure 17 year old me would have been, you know, stoked. Like, wow, you know, like you have all these desires that I'm dreaming about now fulfilled. Mm. Um, and yet I was, like I said, really just unhappy with it. Um, it's kind of making me feel a little dirty um, and very self-conscious of myself, you know, like why, why does it seem like this has so much power over me? Um, I tried a few times to break those cycles you know, to use less and to just be more quote unquote normal or, mm-hmm. you know, what I thought would be normal. Um, but it didn't really stick for long just because I feel like so much of my identity was just in chemicals and having quote unquote fun, mm-hmm. you know? So I kind of felt like I was in despair be- because of that. Um, thinking like, is this all there is for me? Yeah. It reminds me of the prodigal son after, you know, he sort of takes all of the blessings of his father. He wants to live his own life, but he wants to do so with the blessings uh, that he has coming to him, asks for his inheritance ahead of time, and then goes off, it says, and squandered in, in you know, uh, yeah. crazy living, basically, you know. Yeah. And it sounds a little bit like that's what you're you're describing there. Yeah. You know, the prodigal son was one of the parables that I remember just from church when I was uh, a young a young man. And, uh, reading it as a believer, you know, I, I thought just like you said, just, oh boy, how I can relate to that, you know, and um, obviously it just made me really appreciate the, the picture of, of our Heavenly Father, just how gracious he is and patient, you know, um, and so it was really great to read that parable um, with this kind of experience behind me, um, 
and just knowing how much God has forgiven me. Yeah. So in that parable, there's this moment where the prodigal son, you know, he says he he comes to himself. He has this moment of realization that he's eating pig food, basically. Yeah. And uh, and he decides he's going to go back home. Was there a moment in your own life that sort of paralleled that? Absolutely. You know, um, like I said, there were some substances involved in my life. And so feels like my memory is a little bit clouded or, or hazy. But I do know there was a very distinct turning point for me. Um, Specifically, what I remember is waking up one morning and just sitting in the middle of my room, just in my my office chair, like a desk chair. And uh, my room was a little bit messy. I had just been doing some reorganizing or something like that. And I happened to glance over in one corner where I had just sort of haphazardly thrown a Bible that my mom had given me. Um, on a visit. She had come to visit me sometime before and she brought this new Bible. I said, okay, great, thanks. Um, And so like I said, I saw it over there and, you know, it seemed like I was kind of considering it for a moment, you know, just uh, almost like, well, I have nothing else better to do. It's early in the morning, you know, nothing going on. Um, Something prompted me, right? Something prompted me inside to just go up across the room, pick it up, come back to my chair, sit down with it. And um, just with like, uh, and sitting down with it with a perspective that I've never had before. Because mm. before I'd want to read the scripture, you know, when I was younger, just to kind of get my mom off my back. Like, yes, I did my some scripture reading today. Uh, but today, or that morning, I should say, was different. There was more of an openness and kind of uh, like a let's see what happens type thing, right? And uh, I just opened to the beginning, to Genesis 1, and uh, I didn't even get through the first chapter before I was just blown away. Um, something, well, now now I know what it was. It was God just changing my heart there um, and letting me believe his words, you know, Um, letting me sort of take it in as truth. Um, And as I read that creation account, like I said, I was just blown away. I was just faced with this um, uh, overwhelming sense of of greatness, you know, Mm. reading about God creating the universe and creating man um, and just really, really believing that I was reading about my creator, you know, that this is his word and this is his uh his record his account of what yeah, happened wow, wow um so that that was something i honestly wasn't expecting you know obviously um but it it's was so yeah it's so interesting to me you know it's like we talk a lot about in christian circles talking about evangelism and saying well let's let's look at john 3 16 let's look at romans 10 let's look at romans 3 23 and 6 23 sort of that roman road to salvation or oh, to yeah. the gospel but here god chose sovereignly to use genesis 1 to open your eyes and to to, to see the truth as he has revealed it in his word that's amazing yeah, you know, I think that was maybe just kind of like a personal thing because he knows me, mm. right? Amen, um, yeah. And even to this day, sometimes that's like a great way for me to just tap into to worship, you know, when I'm just like alone or something, just looking around on creation, remembering that account, you know, that, that it was all him. Uh, well, nevertheless, uh, once I had sort of, you know, meditated for a little while there on just on God, um, 
it kind of dawned on me slowly. It was like a trickle kind of came in from my mind somewhere. Um, well, what about Jesus Christ, right? Mm. Back, you know, for, a little bit more forward in the New Testament. Um, and then it's like those two thoughts just clicked. It's like, well, I'm believing God here. You know, he's my creator. He did all this. Um, and like I said, it just felt so real to me. I just felt so overwhelmed. And like, I was convinced it was true. You know, it's hard to explain, but I know that God changed my heart to be able to accept it like that. So I know it's true. And uh, so I ran down to the New Testament and uh, with just enthusiasm and um, wanted to just fervently read those Gospels and just like kicking myself all these years, you know, when I was hearing about the life of Jesus, when I was hearing these sermons in church, I wasn't paying attention. And now I just wanted to soak up every mm. detail, read everything that the Bible said about him. Um, because I believed what God said about him. Yeah. Yeah, that he was he was my savior. All right, so so you left the apartment that day and your life was completely transformed and everything was perfect, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I don't think it was now that I think about it. Um yeah, so it was it was good, you know, but I didn't really grasp the implications of it, right? Mm -hmm. I had for a little while just this carnal christian thing i wasn't aware that at the time that that's what i was doing um, but looking back on it now so when you say carnal christian what do you mean by that well what i mean is uh well let me just give you an example okay. so you have um in like galatians and um in other parts of scripture just uh forbidding drunkenness right mm -hmm. clearly saying mm -hmm. drunkenness is a sin um, but me and my ignorance of scripture at that time still, uh, I was still getting drunk, you know. Um, I was feeling kind of convicted about it. I did feel weird about it. Mm. Um, but I kind of was just brush, brushing it off, you know. Um, and that's kind of what I mean with the carnal Christian. I was uh, a child of God, and yet I was not really living it out as I should have been, you know. I was still listening to what my flesh wanted i wasn't really pursuing um the kingdom of god and his righteousness right there was still a lot of myself there yeah. um, and as i learned more about scripture as i read those passages um then i was able to really say well you know there's no excuse because because now i know and so uh, those changes began to happen sort of as as a process it wasn't like just in one day <laughs> So, I mean, that's it can be really tough being in a relationship with somebody. Uh, so one person comes to faith in Christ and the other person has not been there yet. Yeah. And living together and lives are knit together mm -hmm. and there's all of this. How did things go with your girlfriend at the time once you came to this realization of the truth? Oh, it was really hard. You know, um, the drunkenness was one thing, right? Just I could let go of the alcohol. And frankly, at that point in my life, I had been trying to not drink as much you know and so it was incredibly freeing to not have that pressure um inside me like wanting to drink you know i just didn't want to anymore and uh so that was easy compared to this because with the girl i was just more emotionally attached you know mm. we had known each other for years at that point and um yeah i definitely loved her you know, and so it was really hard. 
uh, I didn't really know how I could share it with her. Um, I didn't know why I was feeling this sort of like dichotomy. Like I didn't know why I was feeling there, like there was this conflict, you know, that here I had this joy, this overwhelming sort of peace and love from God and just this feeling of acceptance um, and security, like everything, it, it was okay and was going to be okay. Um, and yet when I was with her, it was just kind of like that conflict, you know, that mm. riff because she, she didn't believe that she hadn't accepted it. And, um, you know, it was just kind of, it was just kind of odd. Yeah. Yeah. So we sort of ended up drifting apart a little bit because of that. You know, we were just, we just weren't on the same page anymore, thinking differently, different values, different priorities. And again, it didn't happen overnight, but it was kind of a drawn out process. Yeah. I've heard it um, said in the past, you know, if you want to sort of reorder your group around you or to change the people that are in your life, especially as you become a believer and you're seeking to live more like Christ, it's it, you don't have to necessarily push people away. You just begin living for Jesus and like Jesus. And over time, this natural sort of separation, it does not make it any less painful, yeah. but th that separation begins to occur. So did that happen in California then? Uh, no, because uh, like I said, uh, in 2020, I moved back. And so I became a believer. And not long after that is when I moved back. And so um, we actually moved back together. And um, as I continued to grow, um, it's kind of like how you were saying, where I just started to live that Christian walk more mm. and um, not really try to put the lamp under, you know, a basket, sure. you know, mm -hmm. as it were. Um, and yeah, that separation, it will it was painful, um, but it ended up happening. You know, it just, things just drifted apart and they were just cut. Yeah. So did you move back to Illinois for a reason or was there, what motivated that? Yeah, so it was a couple of things. Uh, California was great, you know, awesome weather. I love the weather out there. Um, but I had really just moved out there like the prodigal son, how we had mentioned before, just for that uh, riotous living, you know. And so not in the blink of an eye, technically, but it almost felt like it, you know, the, uh, the appeal was gone. There was really nothing for me there anymore, right? You know, uh, not going to indulge in these things. Um, it was just kind of pointless. Um, but even more so than that, uh, as I was learning more about God and as I was learning more about just what the scriptures had, both Old and New Testament, I was just getting really excited about it. You know, I really loved learning about those things. Um, you know, I, I know I'll never forget how excited I was um, going through the book of Exodus and just reading about that um, and learning about this um, thing with the Passover, mm. you know, how there's the blood of the lamb and uh, if, you know, being having it washed over the doorpost and then the angel of death will pass over you and how in the New Testament there is another, you know, blood of the lamb that'll keep you from, from dying, that, that sort of thing. Um, and so being excited, I wanted to share it, you know. Uh, and I was thinking, well, with whom can I share it? You know, I was thinking, oh, uh, ministries and all this stuff, right? All excited, wanting to do something. But then I heard from someone saying that you can't neglect that first circle around you, right? Like that tightest circle, your your immediate family. Yeah. And uh, here I was trying to just jump over it, trying to just discount that. And um, I said, well, that pretty much settles it then, right? 
like there it is in my mind kind of already figured out on one hand I know there's nothing here and then on the other hand I know where there is something right um, where my heart wants to go where it's sort of where the longings are pulling me and um, that's how I made the decision so I moved back for my family I wanted to share my faith with them yeah so it sounds like your mom raised you in the Word. It sounds like she certainly raised you in the church. And, I mean, she brought you a Bible after all. She had to have known something was going on in California that she brought that Bible to you. Praise God. You yeah, know, praise that, God that she for that. Did. So you came home and immediately told her all about the true gospel and everything happened uh, happily ever after, right? Oh, I wish. That was certainly the dream. Um, you know, I really I did my best to share what i had learned simply with her i didn't try to you know um go all uh deep mm -hmm. right away um but just simple things you know kind of uh you know talking about like in the gospel i think it was the gospel of luke where there's one of those thieves that's crucified on the cross next to jesus who um proclaims or calls jesus you know lord and uh, puts his faith in him and uh, Jesus says, well, today you'll be, be with me in paradise. And I was trying to show to my mom, well, look, see here, mom, this, this thief here didn't get baptized. He didn't do any good works, you know, didn't do any rosaries or anything, you know, and look what our Lord said to him, you know, just trying to get her to see that it's really all a work of God, you know, mm -hmm. that he has done it all. He has paid it all. And we just have to accept it by faith. Um, and to just get her to like reject these traditions, you know, at the time, I just thought it was a matter of, of just knowing the facts, right? I just thought I'd point that out to her and she, it would click in her head and she'd be like, oh, of course <laughs> it was right there the whole time. Um, now, of course, I know that it was God working in my heart to change my heart, to give me that faith, you know, um, cause that faith is a gift from God. And, um, I really wasn't considering that. Um, I, I was all excited. I just, you know, wanted to see those results. Um, so unfortunately, it wasn't that fast. But nevertheless, you know, I'm continuing to pray for her and for my family and uh, trying to live, live out that that love of God um, the best I can. Just um, so they can see it, you know, and they won't be able to deny it. And you know, hopefully, God will be glorified because of it. Yeah. It's it's an interesting point. You know, it's true. Uh, we are not commanded to convert everyone in our family. We're not commanded to uh, make sure that they are living according to the truth or that they're believing it because that really is taking away their agency as people, as human beings who are entitled to their own choice. What yeah. we're called to do is simply live like Jesus, uh, to, to live with the light from out under the bushel or under the basket, like you were saying, right. you know, and, and God being glorified through that. So, yeah. What, what are your hopes today? Like, you know, God's brought you to this place today and he's done so in yeah. a miraculous way, full of grace and full of his goodness. And Amen. so, so what are you hoping for, um, from, you know, today forward, what are you looking forward to? What are you trusting him for? Yeah. So there's a couple things <laughs> that I'm trusting the Lord for. Um, first thing that comes to mind, I guess, is more of like a, like a secular answer. I'm thinking just about my career, mm. you know, um, I really am excited to have a passion for baking. You know, growing up, I never thought I would find a passion for anything. You know, I just started drifting around from here to there. Um, but I am excited to see what happens with that. I'm trusting the Lord for it. You know, I hope I can glorify the Lord in my work. Um, just, just to honor him and to work hard. 
Um, but spiritually, you know, I really want to, well, just grow in my Christ-likeness, you know. Um, I want to be able to show more love, just like our Lord did. And um, I certainly want to learn more about the scripture, just so that I can, just so that I can overflow with it, you know, when I'm around mm. other believers, or when I'm even around people who who are just secular folks who don't know anything about the Bible. Um, I really want to just be different, you know. I want people to to know that that I'm a Christian, then just like see it by my life. Um, like if uh, I think I think I heard this illustration one time. I, I'm not sure if I can remember it completely, but it was something like if there was a law where it was illegal to be a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict me? <laughs> and I pray to God that there will be. You know. Um, I don't want to just be kind of flying under the radar. Yeah. Um, I want to have that excitement that I had when I was first a believer wanting to do all these ministries and stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I certainly have that love there. Um, so I pray that God will, you know, uh, keep me, keep me through these trials that I face on a daily or a weekly or whatever basis. And, um, that he would just keep me focused on him, um. I really want to, I really want to honor God. Yeah. Amen, man. Uh, you know, if there's any, uh, need for evidence to convict, I think we have audio evidence right now. It's <laughs> probably pretty uh, certain. So, yeah. So, and that's good. You know, we're called to give these testimonies because in the end, this is the way that we strike a blow back at the kingdom of darkness, you Amen. know, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So, yeah. So it being a prodigal who's now home with the ring of the father on, with yes. the robe of the father, mm -hmm. they've slaughtered the calf, you're at the homecoming celebration and there's a kid next to you who says, I want to go to California. I want to go <laughs> out and have my time. Oh, no. What is, the, uh, what is the advice that you'd give that young man or woman? Uh, well, I think I would uh, try to put myself in their shoes, right? Um, not try to give them any advice that I wouldn't take at that time, right? And for me, what worked was just keep things simple, you know? Um, to just be simple yet consistent mm -hmm. with those simple things. Namely, reading the scripture um, and then maybe finding like a good um, Bible-believing teacher, you know, like a commentary that you can listen to while you go through uh, the Old and the New Testament, right? The whole Bible, all the books. Um, and in, in, uh, in tandem with that, to really work on that prayer muscle, mm. you know, work that prayer muscle, work it out. Um, and to just think of it, think of it as you are really living before the face of God, you know, because we really are, you know, omniscient creator there's nothing yeah. hidden from, from his eyes. Um, but keeping that thought, keeping that sort of meditation in front of you, uh, might help just to, think of prayer as a less formal thing yeah. and to have it be more of just like a dialogue you can have internally or even with just an emotion, you know, just like an inward sort of 
thing where you're just seeking God. So you're talking about more like taking advantage of the fact that God is always there watching. Because I think there are people who would say, oh, man, that brings terror to my heart and life. <laughs> and knowing that God is seeing every little thing I do, waiting with a hand of judgment to smite me when he gets the chance. But what you're framing it as is is in the positive light, in the in the truth that because Christ died for us, we can live right before the Heavenly Father and have intimate interaction with him mm-hmm. uh, in relationship you know amen and that's a good point i think anybody who would initially react sort of with that apprehension or terror you know i'd say try it you know see what happens and i guess i just mean that knowing that it's going to be yeah. okay yeah. you know because um all throughout scripture you just see how faithful god is to his promises how slow to anger and abounding and loving kindness he is mm-hmm. and um you know, you just go ahead and give him a chance to, to love on you, you know what I mean? And you'll be blessed for it, you know? Um, and I think it's great doing it in like a simple way, you know, because you're not going to get sort of conceited by all your works thinking that's why God's loving you. You know, you're going to keep it simple, um, just be faithful to what he's trying to call you to do, which is to just be in a relationship with him, you know? So you got to learn more about him, right? to be in a deeper relationship with him and uh oh you'll be blessed so you can do it in california i suppose but (laughs) but uh, you don't you don't have to that's right and in the end everything that you're looking for out there in the world is really right here in the home of your father yeah amen amen David, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share this testimony with us. God has certainly been uh, good in your life. We are uh, blessed to have you here at GBC. Thank you so much. You know, the kingdom is better with you than without (laughs) you. So thank you so much. Thank you too. All right. God bless. God bless. Pastor Adam here. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Authentic Grace's Origin Stories is a media ministry of Grace Bible Church in Elmhurst, Illinois. You can find more information about our church and this ministry at GBC Elm or on social media at GBC Elm. A big shout out to Dr. Airways for the bumper music. God bless and remember, you have a story. It matters and God wants to use it.